Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Wallace, pastor of Redemption to the Nation's Church. And listen, today I'm going to be bringing a message that I trust will bring life and hope and peace to your heart. We need peace in these troubled times. We can find it in the word of the Lord. I want you to call your friends, your family, let them know that this message is getting ready to be preached. I want them to join in and be blessed by it as well. Now hang on to the end. I'm coming back to pray for you and your need. Can't wait to see you then. May the Lord bless you. Let's jump into the word today. I want you to stand if you can, and I want us for honor to the Lord's word turned in our Bible to Ezekiel, the 34th chapter. How many love the word of God? We need the word of God. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. He sent his word and healed us and delivered us from all of our destruction. His word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and sunder and joints and marrow, and the word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Paul tells us in Ephesians to take the whole armor of God wherewith we are able to stand against the wiles of the devil and having done all to stand, stand. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having on the helmet of salvation, your loins girt about with truth and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need the word of God. Can you say amen? And I'm thankful today that the word comes and it came. I was watching as I was driving here this morning and Devin began to speak and Tori began to sing and prophesy and speak the word. My servant shall be healed. I was on 75. I heard the Lord whisper to me, speak the word and my cancer will be healed. Speak the word and my body will be healed. How many know when you speak and decree the word of the Lord, quit speaking in agreement with it and speak against it. When the enemy says you got this, the word says I have this instead. I think we ought to come in agreement with the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Ezekiel chapter 34. This is a different kind of message. And this morning I want to preach it. I'm going to read some different passages in this 34th chapter of Ezekiel. Starting with verse one, when you have it, say amen. amen. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Shall not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor the, have you healed those who were sick. Neither have you bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away. Neither have you sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty you have ruled. So they scattered. They were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. Skip to verse 11. But thus says the Lord God, indeed myself will, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. 
As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and a dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in the, un in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture. Their folds shall be on the high mountains of Israel. They shall lie down in a good fold and feed in a rich pasture on mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. I'll bind up the broken and strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and will feed them in judgment. Mm. I want you to skip down to verse 23. I will establish one shepherd. I'll put one shepherd over them and he will feed them. My servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd and I the Lord will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I the Lord have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land. They will dwell in safety in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. How many know it's pretty safe when you can sleep in the woods? I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. Look at this. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. I'm going to say that one again. There shall be showers of blessing. Then the trees of the field will yield their fruit and the earth shall yield her increase and they will be safe in their land. They shall be safe in the land and they'll know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought and I, I feel like this morning I am called not just to teach and preach but to prophesy but there shall be showers of blessing. Help us today, God. Send it today, Lord. Judge the pseudo-false, fraudulent shepherds and stand up for your people, I pray in Jesus' name today, oh God. Amen. You may be seated. I want to be clear as I begin this message today that the fulfillment of this prophetic word given here in the book of Ezekiel, the 40, 34th chapter, is a prophecy that will find its total fulfillment and complete fulfillment in the future when Jesus returns and inaugurates the millennial reign. I still believe in the return of Jesus. He's coming back to finish some business. I believe this message today has a primary audience. It is the nation of Israel. And I am not a replacement theologian and neither do I ascribe to replacement theology. And by that, I simply mean that I do not believe the church replaces Israel of the Old Testament and the promises God made Israel. God will finish with his chosen people what he started. He will fulfill every promise he made to Israel. And I preach this and, you know, people get bent out of shape. People who don't go here but see these things over social media. This house loves Israel. 
I didn't say they were saved and had it all together. I said they're God's chosen people and we'll stand with them and we'll just pray for them and continue to be friends and partners with Israel. That's how we're going to do it because God said, I'll bless those who bless you. And I don't know about you, I want the blessing of God on me, my family, and on this house. And so we have prayed and will continue to pray and stand in the gap for Israel. So I'm not a replacement theologian. I do not believe the church replaced Israel. However, I will tell you that there are prophecies that God aimed at Israel in the Old Testament that are so potent and powerful that the scope of the prophecy and the content of the prophecy, although intended primarily for the people of Israel, it is such a prophecy and so powerful that it is broader than just the Israel of the Old Testament or the people of God that are the people of God through natural blood. There is this promise that we are the flock of God and those who are not a people have been grafted in because of Jesus Christ. And now every promise God made to Abraham, we find fulfillment in the person of Jesus which means that we are, we are the people of God because of the grace of God and the work of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that every promise in the book belongs to us. Every promise from God is yes and amen. Can you say it? Say amen with me, somebody. So I recognize that this prophecy in Ezekiel 34 is directed primarily toward the people of Israel. I recognize it has an eschatological sort of implication, meaning that it's something that will be fulfilled in totality in the end time. But how many would agree with me that there are prophecies in both the Old and the New Testament that have layers of fulfillment? In other words, they are fulfilled in totality in one place, but even while we're on our journey toward the consummation of the ages, these promises that God made are in some ways being fulfilled. Have you ever had a promise from the Old Testament that God was talking to somebody else? All of a, all of a sudden, get quickened in your heart and become your promise? God made it, come on, it was, uh, behold, I know the things I have for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you a hope in the future. How many know he wasn't necessarily talking to us, but how many have ever needed that in a season of life and found it to be encouraging to you in your journey? Because the word of God is quick and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And what God wrote for somebody can all of a sudden you become the somebody God was talking through. Even though he meant it for another time, your time is a now time and the word becomes your word in that season. How many are thankful for the potency of the word of God? So I want you to understand, I recognize, to all my theological friends, I recognize that, that, that primarily the audience is Israel and primarily the, the, the time and the scope of this is in the end, but I believe and I know that there's some layer of application for this in my life and in your life and in the day that we're living because we are the flock of God. Come on, we're the sheep of his pasture. When you got saved, you didn't join a, join a country club. You didn't become part of a social entity. You become part of the flock of God. How many are thankful that he takes care of you and he watches over you? And according to Psalm 23, he leads you beside still waters and he makes you and I lay down in green pastures. And when we walk through dry seasons, he anoints our head with oil. And our testimony is because of the goodness of God, our cup 
runs over. It doesn't matter what kind of season you're going through. It doesn't even matter the size and the scope and the strength of your enemy because the psalmist said he prepares a table before me even in the presence of my enemy. It doesn't even get good till you find out who your enemy is because when you discover your enemy, God shows you a table. How many can testify that God didn't get rid of all your enemies? In fact, he sent them an invitation to your promotion and said, I want you to hang around and watch while I bless those that you tried to kill. I take care of those you tried to bury. I'm going to bless you coming in, God said. I'm going to bless you going out because you belong to me. This text is a prophecy regarding the future. Somehow I believe it is speaking to us in the day that we're living in. Here's what I mean by that. Let, 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 me, just, let me just cut to it. This prophecy begins with a very stern warning. And it is a stern warning to shepherds. Everyone say shepherds. Now, when you read the word shepherds in the Old Testament, you would immediately begin to think he must be talking to pastors. And there is some application to that. There is some level of truth to that because this word shepherd does have a, a, a connotation of spiritual leadership. But in the Old Testament, you need to understand when the Old Testament writers and those in this sort of, uh, uh, this, the, 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 the religion in the East, if I could say it that way, they all had a concept of shepherds being leaders, governmental or even political. And so when you see this word and you see this prophecy given to us in the book of Ezekiel, and I'm getting ready to say some stuff that's gonna offend some people, and I'm good with it. I don't intend to offend. I didn't come to the pulpit to offend, but I came to make sure you and I have our eyes on the one who is the good shepherd today. Because this text teaches us something very powerful and very alarming. And that is this, that there are people in governmental, political, and even spiritual places who do not have at best the interest, the best interest of those that they are leading in their heart. And I want to tell you that I felt like God spoke to me. And this is a heavy word. And I know that this doesn't even take the gift of discernment to see it already happening on some level. I'm just telling you, you haven't seen anything yet. God is going to unfold and unhide the corruption that is going on with people. In government, in the kingdom, in the church, God is tired of sheep being led astray, being taken advantage of, leaders who are padding their pockets at the expense of sheep who are looking for answers. And I wanna tell you this right now, this text, this prophecy is a reminder that you better keep your eyes on Jesus and stop putting your hope in people who are always gonna make you promises that they cannot fulfill. At the end of the day, we are spirit people and we need a spiritual shepherd who has the heart of God and will lead us into paths of righteousness. And I'm trying to preach this to you in a year where it's about to be on. The political fervor of a nation is that I see it like a, um, we have this stove in our house and before it lights, you turn the, you turn the knob and you hear gas start leaking through the, 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 the little um, burner and all of a sudden a spark comes and the flame ignites but you heard the gas before it started and I hear the Holy Spirit saying to me what you've seen and what you've heard up until this moment is just 
just the gas filling the burner, but God is about to put light on the corruption of pseudo fake shepherds. Leaders in the government, leaders in the church, I'm not here to expose. I'm not the exposer. I want nothing to do with exposing anything. But God said, my sheep know my voice. The Lord said, my sheep I'm gonna take care of. And I am afraid that the church has gotten her eyes on too many people who have let her down and you're let down because people were holding you up that were never called to hold you and I up. You and I should never testify, so-and-so let me down. So-and-so should have never been the one that was holding us up in the first place. There is only one who stays up while I'm sleeping. There is only one who has the power to turn our families around. There is only one who has the ability to reach down in a dark, deep pit whose arm is not too short that it cannot save. His name is Jesus. He's not on the left and he doesn't lean right. He's the Lamb of God from the foundation of the world. Let God be true and every man be a liar. And the Lord said this. This is powerful. I am against the shepherds who have not healed that which was sick Strengthen that which was weak. This is all verse four. Driven away, uh, sought those and brought those back who were driven away and went after that which was lost. And the Lord said, I'm not going to leave this rescue mission to someone else. I'm going after them myself. That's what he said. If you look at verse number 11, Jesus. He said, indeed, I myself will go search for mine. As a shepherd seeks out his flock in a day that they are scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a dark and cloudy day. Do you know how many people are disenfranchised and disillusioned and in confusion? Because they came to churches and they ran to leaders looking for help. And instead of finding help, instead of finding hope, instead of finding solutions, they found religion. Religion is the accomplice, accomplice of much bondage of people sitting in the church. And I wanna correct something. You don't go to church because you're mad at God because God never let you down. Well, God let me down. No people let you down. Bad theology let you down. Bad preaching let you down. But God never let you down. God can't be bad because God is good. And I think what we're fixing to see in the American church is a rescue mission. And 
And if God can't find pastors and leaders and preachers and members who will go find those who are broken and hurting and scattered and lost, God said, I'll come down there and I'll be the good shepherd and I'll go find my sheep for myself. And what we're getting ready to see in America is a whole group of churches shut down because they won't open their doors to the hurting and the lost and the broken and you'll sell those buildings and turn them into dollar generals. But you won't have room enough to fit the people in a building that will open up the altar and tell people who are screwed up and broken and lost, come on home, come on home. It's not too late, you're not too far gone. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus is a friend of the sinner and it's time we start telling everybody about the good shepherd. And I'm gonna get this off me right now because I feel it in the room. I feel a political thing in the room and this is not political. If you can't preach the truth and not worry about what people, is he talking, what's he talking? I'm talking about what I'm talking about. I'm talking about anybody who's been taking advantage of people, lying to people, using their seat to pad their pocket at the expense of the people they're supposed to lead. Wake up, church. I will not be complicit with shepherds, pseudo-shepherds, who are leading people into bondage while promising them the world. Wake up. We are the kingdom of God. We're not some hillbilly group of people on the side trying to take communion and hide till the Lord comes. We are the voice of the Lord in the earth. He's speaking through his people and we are to demonstrate a better way of life. So, so many people don't want anything to do with God. Not because God is jacked up, but because the people called to represent him are. We're so desperate for help. That we give our allegiance to parties. I told you I was coming for you. We give our allegiance to parties and they make a fool of us. I was in a discussion with several pastors several weeks ago. And everybody can feel the tension in this year of election. And I said, every single time we vote, no one should assume the vote of the church. You have to tell me what you're doing so I can decide. Y'all don't like this and I don't care. We're married to a party and they make a, they make a show of us. I'm married to Jesus and could give a flip less. Who values life? That's who I'm voting for. In the streets and in the womb, that's who I'm voting for. Who values opportunity? That's where I'm going. I'm not voting for shepherds who want to do things with my money that, that, yeah, I said it, that dishonor God and his kingdom. They don't have to be Sunday school teachers. I don't need them to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but I need them to have the heart of God, and God is going to expose this nonsense, not just in America, but the nations of the earth. God said, I'm gonna take care of this myself. Yeah. Wow. 
I'm going to be their shepherd. Because when they were sick, nobody cared enough to heal them. And when they were lost, nobody went and found them. And so God said, I'm going to do it myself. And he did. God sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus went on a rescue mission. And the Bible says that he told them, I'll make a covenant with you. How many know he didn't just make an empty, dying, dead promise? How many know he made a covenant with us? And the Bible says that he told them in this prophecy, I'm going to be their shepherd and I'm going to come to their rescue. I'm going to go seek those who are lost. I'm going to heal those who are sick. I'm going to bind up the brokenhearted. I want you to hear me very carefully. God will raise up leaders in the coming days. They are not the shepherd, but will have the heart of the shepherd. In the church world, it's gonna happen again. Do you, not, do you understand that when people of note and notoriety and people who have um, visibility, when those shepherds fall, God forbid, do you know what happens to the sheep? They scatter. We don't talk about this in the church, I know that. And it's really uncomfortable and you ought to be me preaching this. But the reality of it is, do you know how hard it is to preach on a Sunday morning in the city of Chattanooga where just over a year ago, every other week there was another religious scandal on the front page of the newspaper. And we act like that doesn't affect anybody. And it really does, because what we're hoping for is that godly leaders who have the heart of the shepherd will stand in pulpits in churches. We're hoping that godly leaders will sit in seats of authority in political office, in governmental positions. Come on, don't look at me like, listen, when we say, well, I don't care if they're saved, I want you to hear me tell you this. I care if the leaders that we have honor God in some way, have some God consciousness or not. I'd rather have somebody who honors God than a witch or a warlock full of the devil making decisions about me and my family and my children. Now you call me whatever you want, but the Bible said when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And I just, I had this sense this week. I, I was like, God, who wants to preach this? I had this sense that God's about to straighten it out and he's going to handle it himself. God's about to straighten some things out. God's about to fix some things. God's about to correct some things. And I'm here for it. Popcorn in hand. Do it, Lord. Do it. And he said, God said, whenever I stand up to handle this, I will, I will put my own shepherd over them. I'll feed them. They'll have the heart of the nature of my servant David. I'll be their God, a prince among them. Look at this, verse 25. I'll make a covenant with them and I'll cause the beasts to cease from their land. The beasts. I have a raccoon problem. It's well documented. It's all over social media. I have a raccoon problem. It's so bad, I had to drill holes in my trash can and put padlocks on 
my trash can lid. And do you know what? The joker still got into the trash can and strode trash. It's not that he just wants to eat it. He makes a mockery of the man. And then I get these little calls from my neighbors. Do you not care about the trash in the road and the condition of our neighborhood? And I wanna say, shut up, Bob, or whoever. It's none of your business. It's a beast. I found a window, true story. I found a window in my home last week, a window I didn't know that we had. It was in Zion's bedroom and it's right on top of the trash can. I told Jeremiah, I'm going to the gun store. I will camp out in this window and I will shoot every blessed raccoon, every beast. God gave them mercy. They didn't repent. The summer has passed that we are judged. It's coming. beast. Some of you have a life filled with beasts. They steal your stuff. They take your harvest. They break in in the night and they take everything they hinder and they cause disruption and distraction and they make you afraid and they make you wonder if you can lie down and rest. And there are people in this room tonight whose life today, whose lives have been terrorized by beasts. Whenever you see a piece of property that has beasts on it, you understand that there's no real life going on there. That there's this sense of takeover, this sense of the beast having its way. But God said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm driving the beasts off your property. I dropped by to tell somebody today he's about to get rid of what's tearing up your harvest. He's about to get rid of what's stealing your stuff. There's some stuff that's been coming to you in night seasons. You haven't known how to deal with this stuff. You haven't, you haven't known what to do with things that are making you afraid. I'm telling you what the good shepherd is about to do. He's about to rescue his sheep from the beast, from the howl, from the hiss, from the threat from everything that's kept you up at night, from the stuff that's stealing your peace, from the stuff that's taking your joy, from the stuff that's robbing your harvest. I come to tell the devil he should have killed you when he had the chance. God is about to drive the beast out of your life. God is saying, I made a covenant with you. Your land is my land. You are my people. Your stuff is my stuff and I'm gonna protect my people. I'm gonna drive the beast out. And then he says this. There is going to come a rain in season. Now you must understand something about rain in the Bible. Rain in the Bible was seasonal. It, 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 we have some rainier seasons, but we can't fully appreciate this here uh, because it feels like we either go in a drought or then we get 100 inches of rain in a week. And we're like, what is it? We don't really know. We just look at the news every, other, every so often and we've seen a green blob. And we're like, woo, rain's coming, rain's coming. But in the Old Testament, rain was predictable. They knew the months it was coming. They knew the timing it was getting ready to happen. And he said, watch this, I'm gonna give you rain in season, which means this, if you haven't experienced the rain, 
It means it hasn't been the season yet. And you've got to understand that because the enemy will try to tell you and I when it's not raining, he'll sit on your shoulder and say, it's never going to rain. When in reality, it's going to rain. It's just not been my season of rain yet. There are too many people who come to church and they go through the religious motions. Uh, 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 they love God. They don't, it's not that they don't love God. It's just that they believe that the rain isn't going to fall on their life. They believe that the rain isn't going to fall on their field. They believe that the rain isn't going to fall on their family. And the enemy will take a dry season that we walk through and he'll try to convince us that because it's not raining, that it's never going to rain. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor the devil is a liar. If you've been hearing a voice tell you that it's never going to rain, that favor's never going to fall, that the blessing of God is not going to hit your house, if you've been listening to a voice and entertaining conversation that's telling you that you did too much to screw up the rain, you did too much for God to rain on your life, you've done too much and God's not going to bless your life, your past is too deep and your past is too dark and God isn't going to, if you're hearing that kind of voice, I want to tell you the only thing necessary for you to Day is to come out of agreement with that lie and to begin to believe that it's just not been my season yet but God said I'm getting ready to send my rain in season look at somebody and tell them your season is about to change I am authorized to tell you I have a I have a meteorological uh, assignment today I come to tell you that there is a 100% chance it's gonna rain. It's gonna rain on some people in this church that have a past. It's gonna rain on some people in this church that almost lost their life. It's gonna rain on some people in this church that made some bad decisions yesterday. It's gonna rain on some people in this church who've been sorting through the thoughts and the confusion and the religion and all the stuff you had to wrestle through to get to this place that you're at. I come to tell you you, I'm, I'm deputized to tell you there is a 100% chance that it's getting ready to rain on you. Your season is going to shift. Your time is coming. Your day is turning. And the devil wanted you to believe it was going to be dry for the rest of your life. But I want you to tell your neighbor, 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 Dry seasons are coming to an end. It's going to rain. Can I teach some more? Sit with me. There's only one time in the whole Bible that rain was a curse. Only once. In Genesis, God opened up the floodwaters of the deep and rained from heaven, rained so hard for 40 days, it covered the entire earth. And God wiped out all humanity, right? That's the last time rain was judgment. After that moment, God said, from this moment forward, there is seed time, I feel like teaching here today. There is seed time and harvest time. 
And rain only matters. Thank you, Pastor William McDowell. Rain only matters to those who have seed in Oh, I need to preach this because when I was growing up, they told me it rains on the just and the unjust. And whenever I heard that, I got scared because they told us rain was bad, which means bad things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. But in reality, the reverse is what that text is teaching us because rain is not a curse to those who have seed. Rain is a prerequisite for harvest. Where's my help in the church? If you don't have any kind of seed in the ground, rain might be a nuisance to you. If you don't have seed in the ground, rain may seem like a cloudy, cursed day to you. But if you got a field that's been tilled, if you got ground that's been broken up, if you got seed in the ground, then when you see the clouds begin to gather and the season begin to shift, you put on a garment of praise and you start thanking God that the rain is on the way. Why would I thank God? for the rain that's on the way because rain wakes up the potential of my seed and causes my seed to bring forth harvest. Touch somebody and tell them it's getting ready to rain. Watch this. It rains on the just and the unjust. It's not that bad things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. While that may be true, that's not what that text is teaching. When the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, it means people who are living right feel the rain. But God is so good that even people that ain't living completely right, y'all don't like this, religious people can't handle this one because you think you deserve the rain and you earn the rain by how good you are. But what are you gonna do when God starts raining on an entire community of people who are confused sexually and messed up sexually, but he shows them his love because he's good and his mercy endures forever. We're getting ready to see an entire generation of people trapped in the LGBTQ lifestyle that coming into the kingdom of God because God said I'm going to reign on the just but I'm going to reign on the unjust. How many can thank God for 30 seconds every time he ever blessed you when you did not deserve it? Oh Lord So he says, I gotta go. He says, the shepherds, the shepherds, they caused you to miss it, but I'm gonna become my shepherd myself and I'm gonna shift your season and showers are gonna come down in the season for their will. There shall be showers a blessing now I found this out there are several words in the Hebrew for the word rain there's a, a, a normal rain but that's not the word used here for showers the word used for showers here in the Hebrew is torrential torrential heavy heavy Heavy, heavy rain 
It's not that light rain, that sprinkle that you can, you know, jog through and nobody knows you was out in the rain. It's that kind of rain where you look at everybody and say, I'm gonna make a run for it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Have you ever seen it raining so hard, but you had somewhere to be and you was waiting on it to lighten up? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. You were waiting on it to lighten up, but it didn't lighten up. And you looked at your wife and you said, I'm about to make a run for it. Oh, don't run out in that. You're gonna get soaked. Touch your neighbor, tell them you're about to get soaked. Oh my God, who did I come to preach to? When God starts blessing your life, you might try to dodge it. You might try to act like it ain't happening, but God is about to send such a shower on your family. You will not be able to hide it. You will not be able to outrun it. Touch your neighbor, tell them you're about to get soaked. God's about to soak your house. God's about to soak your marriage. God's about to help your children. It's about to rain. Shake hands with your neighbor. We gotta go here. But shake hands with your neighbor and tell your neighbor, there shall be showers of blessing. I don't know how long it's been dry, but I know that I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. There will be showers of blessing. God said, I'm tired of the land being dry. I'm tired of the land being empty. I'm tired of the field being empty. I'm about to rain on your field. Somebody say, send the rain. Send the rain. There will be showers. A blessing. I'm, I'm through. But I found something out about rain. There is a way. There is a way that your season can change, but it not affect you. Oh, I said something right there. I said it's possible for your season to change, but it not affect you. How so? And I found out that you can pop up a religious umbrella when it starts raining and it can be soaking everything else around you. But you can shield yourself from the rain by putting up your religious umbrella. And Paul would call it, don't quench the spirit. I can't find no help in here this morning. Paul would tell them, don't put out the spirit's fire. Wallace would tell you, don't pop up your religious umbrella because when the rain comes and when the season shifts, you say, well, I've never seen it like this before. Yeah, but what you gonna do when joy comes and what you gonna do when your children get right with God and how are you gonna respond when your business gets blessed? Are you gonna sit there with your umbrella and say, well, I ain't never done it like this before. Not me, not the Wallace house. I'm throwing my umbrella away today. I'm throwing it away. I'm telling God, dry seasons are coming to an end. The famine is over. There will be showers. There will be showers. Shake hands, we gotta go, but shake hands with somebody and tell them neighbor, there shall be showers on your life. Not showers of curse, not showers of depression, 
not showers of sickness, but showers of blessing. If you believe it, give God praise. There will be showers of blessing and the trees will bring forth fruit. I believe we're coming into a moment of extreme, unprecedented fruitfulness. The only thing some of y'all needed was some rain. Look at your neighbor, tell them all I needed was some rain. All I needed was some rain. I, I don't have to have all those other things. All I needed was some rain. I had seed in the ground. I had the soil tilled up. I had everything ready. All I was waiting on was some rain. How many know I can't send the rain and you can't send the rain? But I have some good news for the church this morning. The one who can make it rain said it's fixing to rain. Hallelujah. There shall be showers of blessing. I want to pray for you. But before I pray, everybody's standing. Before I pray, I want to ask you a question. When it starts raining on your life, is the rain going to bring the intended joy? Or will you find yourself under an umbrella? You know what folk who live under the umbrella are? They're talking about past seasons. Here it is raining. God's trying to bless your life. Here it is raining. Doors are opening. Here it is raining. God's favor is falling on you and your family. And you're talking about what they did 20 years ago. That's what an umbrella is. That's why you can't experience joy and the, the intended level of joy for God, from God to you, can never be realized while you keep your umbrella up. Talking about what somebody else did. Well, you know, the devil attacked me. You know, the devil's a liar. And let me help you understand something. He's defeated on top of that. so wild we sang Jubilee today. Oh, we didn't sing it. We talked about it. I remember being 18 years old, laying in my bed in a fetal position at Lee University. 18 years old. I had lost 60 pounds. I couldn't eat. But y'all know that's a... Mm, that's a big devil right there. That's... In my mind, I was fighting suicidal thoughts. And I know some of y'all gonna think I'm crazy. I was 18 years old laying in Hughes Hall. Room 111, one day I was laying there and I heard, some of y'all can't handle this, I don't even know why I'm telling this. I heard something whisper my name. It was so real that I jumped up out of my bed and looked under my bed I looked in my closet 
I said, who's playing a joke on me? And I heard that same voice start hissing and laughing at me. I jumped back in the bed. I pulled the covers over my head. I said, God, I don't understand this season. I don't know where you are, but I'm not going to stop trusting you. I believe you're good, and I will not falsely accuse you. A couple of days later, my spiritual father, we go into campus choir. Pastor Jeremy, y'all don't know this, but most of y'all, some of y'all know this. We've traveled together. We were best buddies in college. and He was like the stray sheep and the prodigal son that left me for 25 years, but he came back home recently. We thank God for him. <laughs> Dr. Horton came in and said, choir, we're going to sing a song. This is 1998, I was 18 years old. He said, we're gonna sing a song called Jubilee. And I just sat there. I was in such a deep, dark place in my soul. I went home, back to my room, got back in that bed, threw them covers over my head, and I had not heard the voice of God for what felt like years, two years, a year and a half. And I heard the whisper of God. And the Lord said to me these words, I want you to get up and go see Dr. Horton and tell him you're going to try out to sing Jubilee. I said, what? It'd be good if I felt Jubilee before I try to sing about Jubilee. And the Lord said, I'm about to set you free from this heaviness. I went to that office. I felt so foolish, Anna. Y'all know me, I, I don't sing, I holler on key most of the time. Sometimes I get off pitch, but most of the time I'm on key. I went in and I started singing, you might be locked in prison. Jesus said you can be free, for the one declaring your freedom is the one who holds the key. Deliverance to the captive, freedom to the bound. He's opening up the blinded eyes, hear that trumpet sound, it's jubilee. I sang, and you have to know Doc, he went like this and a tear come down his eye. And he never said another word. He said, thank you, Kevin. I went back to my room and I felt like, I'm a fool. And heaviness sat on me like I'd never had before because I felt like I not only I tried to hear God, now I miss God and I'm really screwed up. The next weekend, we were in Indianapolis, Indiana. Oak Park Church of God, I'll never forget it as long as I live. We're in the gym getting ready to go out and sing, and he looks at the choir and he says, Kevin, today I want you to sing Jubilee. I said, I don't even know the words. I had friends telling me the words. I was trying to write them on my hand. True story. That day, Doc came out with the shofar, and he blew that shofar, and when he got through blowing that shofar, he looked at me and said, sing. When I picked that microphone up and opened up my mouth, heaven split open. I can, only I can only describe it that way because this soul that had been dry, I felt as if the rain of God hit me at the top of my head and flooded my entire being. In one split second, what took years for me to get in came off of me. Dan Brockman ran up on the stage, stopped the whole service. He said, young man, I don't know you, 
but God is about to accelerate your life. I'm 18 years old. He said, you won't finish Lee University by the time you're 20 like you think you will. You're about to be, God's about to open so many doors, you're not going to know what to do. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because when God decides it's going to rain, it doesn't matter what the devil said about it. When God says it's going to rain, it's going to rain. I didn't have a connection. I didn't have a preacher in my family. I didn't know nobody. I know this. In three days, my calendar was booked for seven months. People started calling me I had never heard of in my life. It was a circle, a vortex of acceleration. Here's what I came to tell you. There will be showers of blessings. And all the heaviness and the weight you've carried in the past season. I know I'm not talking to everybody, but somebody needs this today. All of that stuff that was unexplainable and you felt, what do I do with this? God says, I'm about to make it rain. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If I'm talking to you, throw your hand up right now. Hurry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rain, 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 rain. Rain, 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 rain. Rain, 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 rain. Rain, 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 rain. Dry seasons are over. Dry seasons are over. Dry seasons are over. Over your house, over your business, over your children. Dry seasons are over. In your marriage, dry seasons are over. I declare it now in the name of Jesus. If your hand is up, I just want you to right now find somebody got their hand up, lay your hand on their shoulder. Father, I just decree right now there is a 100% chance of rain over that life. A one, it's God. That thing is going to break. That drought is coming to an end. That famine is going to cease. Uh-huh. That voice that terrorized you and it made you feel some kind of way. You was afraid. You were heavy. You were wondering what it was about. You were wondering why it was allowed to happen. I'm telling you, the enemy tried and he tried against Jesus and he'll try against me and you. He'll do everything he can. But if you were just Wait till your season shifts. I feel that rain is coming to somebody in their season. And the rain is beginning today. The refreshing of God. You say, Pastor, how can I know it's going to rain? I'm going to tell you how you know it's going to rain. Because the Bible said, pray for the rain in the time of rain. And God would send the rain. I declare right now that any, if you want to know who's next, anybody who's been dry is the one who's next. Anybody who's been in a drought, a famine, uh-huh, and you've been in a season when it's been dry, that's the prerequisite for the one that's fixing to receive the blessing of the rain. Rain was never a curse. Rain was never a curse after the rainbow came out. Rain brought the seed into harvest. I declare the rain of God is coming on your life. I declare the rain of God's spirit. When I say rain, I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory. The Holy Ghost coming down on your life, breaking yokes. He said, I'm going to lift your burden and I'm going to break every yoke. You can't break the yoke. I can't break the yoke. But the Holy Ghost can break the yoke. Break it right now. Break it right now. Come on, pray for that person whose hand is up. Break it right now. I break it in the name of the Lord. I break it in the name of the Lord. I break the heaviness off. I break the depression off. I break it off in the name of Jesus. I declare you free. 
I declare it's going to rain. I declare there shall be, there shall be showers of blessing. Bless their mind. Bless their physical body. Bring healing everywhere there's cancer. Bring Goshanda really cancer. Oh God, we thank you. Depression has to lift as the rain begins to fall. Heaviness has to lift as the rain begins to fall. We thank you for the blessing of the Lord's Spirit. We thank you for the joy of our salvation. We thank you that the breakthrough of God is in the house. We thank you that the, the forecast for our future is an abundance of rain. I declare that they will not live dry. They will not live empty. They will not live broken. They will not be a victim. They will not live with their umbrella up the rest of their life. Soak us, God. Free us, Lord. Deliver us, God. God, we pray for the rain to fall on the seed. We pray for the rain to refresh our soul. I pray for the rain to touch every family. I pray for refreshing to come to every life. Let every Christian receive the joy of their salvation. Fill them with the Holy Spirit today in the precious name of the Lord. Now thank him all over this room, come on. Thank him all over this room. Thank him for what's on its way to your house. Thank him for what he's gonna do for your family. Thank him for what he's going to do for your future. I don't need no music. I said praise him for what he's gonna do in your future. You have a future. And it will not be drought, and it will not be famine, and it will not be brokenness, and it will not be heaviness. You have a future. It's gonna rain. Now open up your mouth one more time and give it praise, everybody. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's gonna rain. Father, seal the word of the Lord. And I thank you for what you're gonna do for this nation. Sometimes we shout for our house and we shout for our church, but I'm telling you right now what God's about to do is for a nation. I need somebody to take 10 seconds and thank him for what he's about to send. If you knew how important it was that he reign on this nation, you would praise him. I'm telling you, the enemy wants to bring a drought, but God said, if I find somebody who get in agreement with me, I'm about to send the rain. So Lord, seal the word of the Lord. If you're in this room and you need to make Christ your Lord and you need to come into the kingdom of God and you need him to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you are away from God and you want to be his, if you're lost, but you want him to come and find you and find you and find you and make you found, if you feel a sense of shame or grip by sin, there's not a friend like Jesus. 
He'll save you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Pastor Kevin, pray for me. I need to get right with God if I'm talking to you. When I say three, lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to be saved. One, two, three. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. Put your hands down. Here's what I want you to do. This is how we do it. I want you to look at the person on your left and right. You might have known them your whole life. You, never, you may have never met them before today, but I want you to ask your neighbor, do you need someone to go pray with you? And if you lifted your hand or you should have, when they ask you that question, would you come meet me right here? Our prayer family wants to pray with you. Our leaders want to pray with you. Ask your neighbor all over, do you need someone to go to the altar with you? I'll go with you so you don't have to go by yourself. Anybody at all before we go. God bless you, baby girl. Come on, come on. Somebody's coming, somebody's coming. God bless you, friend. God bless you. Come on, sir. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's room at the cross. There's room. There's room. They're still coming and we're still praising. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone else before we pray? God bless you for coming. God bless you for coming. God bless you for coming. They're still coming in the aisle. God bless you for coming. I'm not hurrying this. If you got to go, I understand. I love you. But I want every person coming to, to know they're, they're welcome and we love them. Come on, anybody else? I want to get right with God. Don't leave like you came. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. This is a good day to come home. Hallelujah. Anyone else before they pray? Stretch your hands toward them and pray for them, please. God bless you for praying for them. Father, save and rescue and renew and redeem and make all things new in their life today. I pray for grace to be extended to them and mercy. Thank you for mercy that is new every morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These lives, thank you, Jesus. These lives, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up. Let me seal this blessing. Father, as they continue to pray, let them pray. But I want to bless you before we go. Father, I thank you for the move of God today, for the healing of God, for the strength of God, for the power of God that moved in this place. I pray the word would be sealed. I decree and declare over them showers of blessing. And I ask you in Jesus' name to reign on every field in this house. Be with them in Jesus' name. Seal this, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let them continue to pray. Be mindful of their praying. God bless you. We love you. Tuesday morning, 7 a.m., come join us in prayer if you can make it at noon or that evening. Go in the peace of God if you're leaving. The Lord be with you. Well, I trust that the Word of God is working in your heart in this moment. I know the Word works. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Maybe something said today has touched your heart. Maybe you feel like you are so far away from God. How could I ever get right with God? Friend, I want to tell you, there is a way to get right with God. It's through His Son, Jesus. Today, if you'll turn your heart and your life over to Him, I don't care what you've done and how bad it was, how long you've been doing it and how messed up you feel. Jesus is a friend to sinners. He'll come into your life. He'll turn it all the way around and change it. I believe by the Spirit of God, He's doing that right now. Let's pray. Open your heart and say, Dear God, come into my life and forgive me of all my sin. Lord Jesus, I need you to wash me and make me new. I confess that I've been a sinner, and today I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Turn my life over to you, Lord Jesus. Come in and be the King of my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know today's not the finish line, it's just the beginning. 
go to kevinwallace.tv. Just drop us a line on our prayer request area. Let us know that you got saved. You gave your life to Christ. We want to make sure you have a Bible. We want to make sure you get plugged into a good Bible-believing church full of the Spirit of God. Listen, the journey has just begun and the best days of your life are in front of you. We're praying for you, for you here at Kevin Wallace Ministries. Can't wait to see what God does in your life. We love you all. God bless.